we got an awesome show for you today. But before we tell you about it, pretty please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or rate us on Spotify. It really helps us get into more ears. On today's show, we discuss how the ACLU gets involved in Florida's battle to get recreational on the ballot. St. Pete experiences psychedelics and cannabis in its first cannabis event. Waters infested with cocaine sharks. Not the dealers, but the animals that eat the drugs. <laughs> Lots of weed washes onto a Florida beach. Stay tuned to find out if it was ours. Hey, Mom. Everyone else has toys. Why not you? Get yourself a freeze pipe bong or bubbler with just three pieces for easy assembly and even easier cleaning. Includes honeycomb inline percolators and a revolver glycerin coil. Pop the chamber in the freezer for an hour and get the smoothest, iciest hits. Visit thefreezepipe.com and use code PSM10 for a discount. No more coughing, champ. You got this. made it to the smokiest podcast in town i'm sunny d and i'm captain j and, and we're the pot smoking moms hey if you like the show do us a solid please rate subscribe and share be friends with us on all social medias potsmokingmoms.com is our website i am so ready to get this session oh hell yeah let's do it what do you got today i got me some miami high life jealousy it's an evenly balanced hybrid strain and it's a cross between gelato 41 and sherbet very nice i got myself some lemon cherry gelato i had a pre-roll and it was so good uh that i was like let me get the whole flower please it's a hybrid weed strain made from a genetic cross between sunset sherbet and girl scout cookies mm. dominant terpene strain is carry off a lean if you got something or you could pause and pack something if you want or roll something if you want. But uh, if you got it, smoke it one with us. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Well, damn the wind. Got to angle it away from the fan. Yeah, we have a fan in here because it's been so damn hot. It's ridiculous how hot it's been yeah, outside. it's been really hot. I think it's the hottest I've ever felt. Like, it's in the 90s hot every day. Yeah. It's been <laughs> pretty fucking gross. Have you seen the the stories about how hot the water is and how, how it just keeps getting hotter and hotter every day and it's the hottest it's been in recorded history? Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard There's about it. There's parts of the ocean that are over 100 degrees. Yeah. That, I mean, we when we got in the water, it was fucking really warm yeah soup warm the last three days of rain even though i know it wasn't yeah, a blessing I know, for you I know. it was nice to like cool off a bit because it was like super hot my ac got a rest just, with, the, with the cast over days that we got i just feel like it's 
It's been raining. It's as it's been hotter than usual. It's also been rainier than usual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, granted, I'm like, you guys, my I, fl I flooded again. <laughs> I'm like, and I, oh. I I only hit up a few people as soon as because I, I was just like, and I hit you guys up like, yo, this shit happened again. But um, we're fine. Like, so we had the roofers come. It started. It rained like crazy, and it was like this is so fast in the span of two and a half hours, man. It just it's like the the sky opened up and just poured down on us. And it was crazy because it was like thundering and lightning outside. The really, lightning really was hard. really scary that day. Well, the water started cascading again into our little indoor um patio atrium. Yeah. atrium. And my husband was like, oh, it's starting to do it again. And he, man, I had never seen someone run up to the roof so fast. He jumped out there in the middle of the storm. He looked like Lieutenant Dan. Oh, my God. On the ship. Like it was stormy. I was so nervous he was trying to see if he can unclog stuff or uh, move the drains to see if the water can go but it, the water was coming way too fast it was at one point he got back in the house and i was like i, I felt like because you feel like hopeless like what do i do there's nothing i could do like i was telling your husband <laughs> there was a one point where my husband was like oh get get the towels and i'm just like I just started hearing that Tame Impala song. Let it happen. Let it happen. Because all the, it was just like, there's, it's unavoidable. Let it be. Let, Let it, it be. be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let it be, bro. It's coming. There's no way we're getting away from this. It's happening. So it's pretty annoying. Um, You know, fighting the good fight and putting a prayer in there. The roofers came, put a little Band-Aid on the boo-boo. Hopefully permitting will be done before the end of the week. And we can, you know get the new roof but let me tell you we're in the middle of hurricane season they need to get this done yesterday are you girl like <sighs> what if a hurricane comes the entire time it was happening i was like i want to fucking sell my house and just leave i even hit up sarah beth timmons i was like yo i want to get out of here like <laughs> i want to move this is the second time i think i heard her going i want to go i was looking at vegas she, Ooh, she why her? Me, Is she's not a realtor. She sent me no because I had talked <laughs> you to her. You want to go to Utah? No, because I had Isn't talked to her about moving. She she actually sent me some listings in Utah, and it is houses are expensive everywhere. Yeah, she sent me the houses in her neighborhood because she's like, come move next to me. And I looked at the houses and I was like, damn, bitch, they're as expensive as they are here. Like for that, I just stay here. I'm sorry. Like I'm trying to get a better deal. Where's the deal here? um vegas so far maybe there you like, could actually get homeowners insurance unlike here what what do you mean like all the homeowner insurance companies are like leaving here or pricing people out it's really hard are to you get. serious yeah well anyway i mean yeah everything here everything sucks you everything guys sucks. everything just sucks like Except it is beaches the beaches are nice but they're too hot now we're gonna be they're gonna be human soup in the beach i went on sunday and it was nice last yeah. last sunday yeah it wasn't it didn't feel hot it felt nice. Well, I was surprised. I was expecting warm water because when we were, went out on the boat, it was warmer. It was really warm. Yeah. But we were like in the shallow part of the, you know, we we're by the sandbar. So yeah. it's less water. Um, We have a our season finale, guys, is going to be a live stream. So if you do not sub to our channel, our YouTube channel, you should do that so you could get alerted. You can get reminders because we know you guys are stoners. You forget all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. We do, too. Yep, we're guilty. You know, we also go live on Facebook and Twitch. 
<laughs> if you want to go there and subscribe there, uh, August 5th, Saturday, August 5th, mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. Yes. In the evening, Eastern time. 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to have a few awesome guests. We plan on having two baked girls and mm-hmm. Amy Mothercraft, some of our favorite people on the internet. <laughs> In real life, if we when I, when we do get to meet them in real life, one day we will. One day we will. So come hang out with us. Show up in the comments. Yes, and play with us. We'll be doing games. We'll be having a blast. So definitely join us for our season finale live stream. Um. So this has been a crazy week. Like we found out, the, the government told us what we already all knew about aliens. It, which is crazy. It's so funny because nobody gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Nobody cares. You know what it is? It's that they're like, oh, saying blah, 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 everything we suspected already. But they're not showing us anything. Like, right. show me. Exactly. Okay, you discovered yeah. bodies. Pictures, please. That's what I'm What's saying. What's the autopsy results? Can we ha- can we know what they look yeah, like? Can please. we see these, like, uh-huh. ships that you guys have, like, yeah. They're not showing us nothing. It's it's just this. Blah, 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 blah. I heard. Distract. Distract, distract, distract. They're trying to distract us from something. But nobody cares. We're not distracted. We're very focused on how much we can afford anything right now. We're just trying to survive. Yeah, I had to sell like churros on the street corner for a little Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) coffee. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> it's just crazy that like no one's reacting to the aliens thing. I mean, they've been soft launching the whole aliens thing for a while. They, now. they have been they've soft been launching. Like, oh, well, UAPs right. are a real thing. Like, and everybody's you know? like, oh yeah. And then when they're like, yeah. And then the and then we're like, we forget about it a little bit. And they're like, oh, did we tell you aliens exist? And we're like, oh really? And they're like, yeah. I loved telling people just to see their reaction. Like I was at work and I was like, yeah. So did you hear that they confirmed the aliens exist and they're like what i'm like yeah just yesterday the congressional hearings you didn't you didn't hear the the them testifying and and confirming the decades law and then she's like no that's not real i was like look it up it's real (laughs) look it up look it up they're here for the weed guys they're here for the weed can you imagine (laughs) they'll show up and we're like yo can you give us better jobs? <laughs> Can you just rescue? No, Yo, I saw somebody do a TikTok. They're just like, hey, what's up, aliens? You know what? They, they got us working here. They have yeah. us like having to do this work thing in order to survive. Right. Oh, did you also see that the United States was the only fucking country to vote that food is not a human right? I had seen that somewhere. At the yeah. at the UN, they did yes. like a vote. Like, what are human and rights? And then they're like in the red. They're, yeah, they're the yeah. only country that How voted that it's not a human right. How embarrassing. They're, I said they. Like, they're, it's not us. I know, it's because like, it's embarrassing. We don't even want to associate ourselves with the United <laughs> States of America. How can they say it's not a human <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, because the people are awful here. People are awful here. Like, we want to control bodies. We want to get, We you cannot, you know, we want to, ha- we want you to have the babies. But once that baby's born... Fuck it. It's your Fuck problem. you. It's your problem. And and I'm like, I'm always complaining to my mom. I'm like, yeah, everybody, everybody wants you to have a baby until you have it. And then everybody's like, what? Who? We got things to do. We can't help you with your baby. Like, dude, I posted a story today that was like, it's like Tom Hanks going, oh, where's everybody? And it's like, hey, this is me looking for the village. Every time everybody told me it was going to help me with my kid. Yes, there is no village. You're the village. (laughs) 
But and, uh, anyways. And also this week, Sinead O'Connor, may she rest in peace. I know. I saw that. That's so awful. sad. So sad. She was great. struggling with mental health for many years. Oh, she was. Lost yeah. her son like a little bit over a year ago. So, yeah. Awful. Poor. I mean, yeah, I, I, that was terrible. I said, I was kind of blindsided. By I was that. like, what? Yeah, that was like, and I, and she was fairly young. She wasn't mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. old. I didn't know about like they, I, I people were posting about her on TikTok and stuff, of course, <clears throat> about when she went on SNL and ripped up the picture of the Pope. Right, right. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that about was that. monumental. Yeah, that was very monumental, and I feel like uh, I think ever since then everybody was kind of like she was black, blacklisting really speaking her. Out. Yeah, that's where her uh, career uh, went on, like yeah, down about, the drain after that. Yeah, about the Catholic priests and the yeah, she's speaking out about it when no one was saying anything. Stuff. Right, mm-hmm. right. So. May she rest in peace. Yeah, she was a, you know, badass woman standing up for the rights of other people. So, yep, may she rest in peace. And then I heard somebody say that that she was just about to come out with a new album. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll hear about that. I guess we will. Have you watched anything? I went to go see the Barbie movie. Oh, uh, I have not watched anything. You got to go see the Barbie movie. I know. You said it was. It's so good. I. I laughed. It looks really fun. From beginning to uh, it end. Looks like and then cried fun. in between. Yeah. Yeah. There were sad parts. Is it like them realizing things it's and like, like becoming more human or whatever? It, it's a really good movie that speaks to the woman's experience okay. of like from being a little girl to growing up into womanhood and like just how hard it is to be a woman in this world when it's a man's world, you know? So it's like there's a few moments where you got I got emotional. And I don't want to give anything away. I know it, there's like a montage moment where where she's trying to figure out who's playing with her. And then later on, you find out. I don't want to give it away, but it made me cry as soon as they realized. I was like, oh, my God. It was really good. You got to watch it. It's cute. And I see a lot of people going out and getting dressed and all the girl groups yeah. getting together. I posted in the uh, somebody. I think Jenny asked in the Patreon if anybody wanted to go. Right. I saw you guys were planning on it. That was cool. So we went to go see it together. And she's like, are you wearing anything pink? And I'm like, I don't own anything I pink. Know. Like, I don't really have pink stuff. Right. So I wore like the closest thing I had to pink, which was like, I guess, like a fuchsia kind of. a Yeah. Like, Yo, I heard color. some. I heard some ladies were getting out there, cracking out the quinceañera dresses and like yes. going on ball gown Barbie, full on cosplay Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And guys going as Ken and like. I love when people get extra for movies, man. And I loved like I was seeing TikToks of like people going to premiere night, like opening night, and everybody all dressed up and like when they're passing each other on the street, everybody's like, "Hi Barbie, hi Barbie," oh, and they say, "Hi cute. Ken, hi Ken," like. All the the Kens were saying hi to each other as Ken and Barbie. Barbie. It was like I was like, this is so exciting, and it's like, I think it was the biggest premiere night in the female director's history. Oh wow, that's yeah. great! And I think she made over double her budget in like opening night or something like that. Yeah, Greta Gerwig is fantastic. It really makes me want to see more of her movies. I seen Lady Bird. Bird. I thought it I was a great it. movie. Uh, I, I'm really psyched to see the Barbie movie. Um, it's so good. You know, and you know what I feel is so great and it's so crazy that it's like at this moment in time, right? I feel like suddenly the last few months have been filled with a lot of good movies. We've taken our kids to the movie theaters, which is something we had never done. We hadn't even gone personally to movie theaters in a really long time because of COVID. It was very far and few between uh very couple of times here and there 
But like suddenly the last couple of months, it's been like this thing and it's the whole movie theater experience. And it's like seeing your kids really like and be a part of the whole movie theater experience and getting to sit and watch a movie. And I love you know, going to the movies. And I this Barbie movie is kicking fucking ass while people are striking, which is so it's beautiful. It's beautiful because it's kind of like, look, bitches, look what we could do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's very and you're part of it. You feel like you're part of it because you're you're filled with that excitement to go to the movie theater and see this movie that everybody's talking about. People are getting dressed. People are you know showing up to the the movie theaters have little barbie boxes for people it to made me want to buy and... a barbie and like just like be a, like in that well moment i again. have and it barbies. made me think about the catamom gang like when they were having their own barbies like a year ago it was oh, they like were a year... making their own barbies or something no you don't remember it was like a catamom gang like a year and a half ago or two years ago not long ago like it was a while ago but not too long uh -huh. ago that they would they all had their own barbies and they would post stories and pictures and posting her with little bongs and like remember that's you don't remember cute. that i don't remember that and i was like well, how cute and, then, and i was like that's cute they're like kind of like reliving their childhood you know and like you know healing their inner child by playing with barbies that's how i felt after that i was like yeah and then i was trying to remember when did i stop playing with barbies and i can't remember when i stopped i can't remember i was i was heavy into barbies um but you know i had a friend who got the like cool like name brand barbie stuff and mm -hmm. i kind of got like the dupe so i had like malibu barbie dupe house and it's like barbie doesn't quite fit into the house but it fits my mom's budget so <laughs> here we are and this you know yeah whatever. no i didn't have any of that stuff either my friend had and we had to go over there was a brats reference in the movie oh for real yeah <laughs> nice yeah so it's like it was really do well they ever done. do an lol reference because those no. balls are like really hot too if they did i didn't catch it but i i mean no because i feel like brats was the first competitor yeah i think for, so too for was like the pre lols those mm -hmm. were like the ones that came right after barbie that they were like yeah i think we were growing a little bit out of barbies it's, when it's very subtle started. the brats reference is very subtle you don't get it unless you know unless and you i know. only know because somebody pointed out in a video uh -huh. and like uh the main character's daughter like her name is sasha which is the name of one of the brats and like when she encounters her she's sitting at a table with three of her friends and uh -huh. it's like the four brat stalls oh, okay. all like sitting there yeah <laughs> So like they're supposed to represent the brat stalls. That's pretty funny. It's cute. They it was very clever. The they costumes did so look so good. good. Everything looks so beautiful. Everything so looks beautiful so great. Yeah, very. Uh, Issa Rae is president. I Barbie. love her. I love her. I want to like that's one of my main reasons for wanting to go see her. And Ryan Gosling is awesome. Uh, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. The, have, have you when he's on SNL? He it's a it's like a knock out of the park. He's fantastic. He's had, one of those people you want to see there. Like I've had the Ken song stuck in my head all day today. And then it's the, what is it? The, the damn Casa. No. Damn. I don't, I don't want to hold it up. Try yeah. To remember don't. It. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. so funny. Don't do it. I want to watch it. I don't know how soon I'm going to get to watch it, but, and then everybody's talking about Oppenheimer. Everybody's doing 
Barbie slash Oppen. I've seen TikToks where people are like, Barbenheimer. Oh, I'm watch one and then turn into something. I don't, else I look, another. I wanted to see both movies, but I don't know if I could do like over five hours. Obviously, you would have to do like, I need to take a, a nap break between, between mm-hmm. like maybe do one movie, go have lunch, and then come back and do poop, the other movie. Go have lunch, take a poop because <laughs> back to back, that's like over five hours. I mean, hey, some people can do it. The young people. I could do it in my house when I can pause right. it and be able to go potty. No exactly, problem. Exactly. Exactly. But in so. the theater, that's that. I don't know if I can handle that. But the Barbie movie was two hours and it didn't feel that long. It went by sure. super fast. Super fun. The soundtrack's fantastic. It's beautiful. The casting's great. It's hilarious. It's emotional. It's beautiful. Just go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Oh, you go watch it. I'll go watch it. I tell you to watch things all the I'm time. I'm telling you your audience it. to watch she, it, guys. She said that she's going to watch it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I have two you small heard it children. Here. It's hard for me to do things. Yeah, I know. But just, you should have came with us and just made Robert stay with the girls. I should have. You're right. <laughs> hey, you should watch us on YouTube. Our YouTubes is pop, lock, and drop in. Pop <laughs> you should click the subscribe click click on the little like button it's the little thumbs up guy and you know and what's even drop pop in a login whatever the hell the fuck he <laughs> said drop, even more is our discord <laughs> channel our discord oh server. my god we i just session in do, the morning today yeah, with we a couple have sessions of my homies. with our girls we have a session room in there we have a watch party room for tv shows we have a bunch of chats going off we plan all our vacations and stuff in there come hang out with us and the way you could be on the discord is if you are a worker worker become a patron there you go our patreon. patreon come support us on patreon it is in our links our website hey and if you're like i really like you but i can't commit to that right now that's okay we love you too and you can contribute by rating reviewing podcast review and apple podcast apple is what podcast we review we need we need reviews, some recent guys. reviews over there look drop, us up drop some nice comments we've had some really mean comments on our instagram oh my some god fucking trolls right. lately. we didn't even talk about that awful shit we we yeah and okay, i was okay, listen, like okay. we can skip it but let's, i mean i feel like there's good girl. conversations to be had about there this is. whole instagram drama but we just gotta remember as fucking fucked up those those awful comments from those asshole people were we also got a lot of great comments we and over did. three thousand. we got a lot of supportive of comments a lot of local people that yeah. found us and like, if you're one of those people please drop us a comment we want to know that you saw our video you related and you know now you're watching our podcast but yeah, we had a video we made the Avengers like pool challenge. It was a trend on TikTok, I think, a while back ago. Yeah. And we did it like pot style, pot smoking mom style. So we did the different steps of rolling up. We had mm-hmm. one coming up and grinding, one coming up and rolling so it up, cute. and one lighting it up. So and we had very to coordinate to figure out how to we do it backwards. It <laughs> yes. So that we could make it look like it's going forwards. And when you put it backwards, <laughs> right? right? We, we did a good job. We it did was a fun. great we job. We had so much fun we doing it. We had lots of fun doing it. And everybody around us was having a good time because they were like, they're filming a TikTok. Clearly, they're doing a TikTok. Yeah. There was a family with a little kid they're going, like, oh, Mommy, look, they're, they're doing, doing a TikTok. TikTok. And people were riding their bike behind <laughs> us in order to try to get it be a part of the TikTok. And they're in the background going well, backwards. Yeah, the backwards bike riding people, which is pretty funny. But like people are really mean. And something that's... I. 
something that's crazy to me is people like feel so compelled to comment on other people's bodies. People feel so compelled to comment on other bodies because their brains have been they've been brainwashed by society to think that there is a standard of beauty that you should uphold and all be. And the thing is, is people get bothered when there are women out there like us who live unapologetically doing the things we love while still being responsible parents. And they have a problem with that. And so they like they they spew their vitriol. Is that the word? They spew their disgusting, gross, hate, words. And it, you know what? A lot of the times you got to pull yourself and be like, well, that's a reflection of that person. It's not mm-hmm. a reflection. It's not me. It's not us. It's not what we're doing. Those people are taking a 10 second video and they're judging Listen, it. Listen, they're giving us more views, taking the time to type out right. that comment. Like Cardi they're B They're giving says. us, they're helping me. Yeah, Whatever. Even though, Fuck even though they're, 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 that, they're, they're views. They hate themselves and everyone because and that, of it. And you know, and you, and you constantly tell yourself that and you, but at the same time, like, you know, mm-hmm. you want There wanna, was a lot. There was a lot. But and we were trying was to was control it because I don't want. I was just deleting. And I don't want delete, other people to block, see that delete, and get hurt block. by those comments either. Even just not even just us. Other people who are like us. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people who follow us are like us. And, and, and it was just something that's like telling us to cover up. We're in the fucking beach. Why is it offensive to you? If it's offensive to you, that's your problem. That is not our problem. We're having a blast. And we are unbothered. By by dickheads like like you, like it's just insane. Even and the, and the craziest thing is the 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 marginalized people doing the same shit to us, marginalizing us. We had other people from other communities, very marginalized communities coming after us. And I was just like, that's pretty that's ironic. But again, this person has issues because obviously they're holding things against us. They don't know us personally. But we also had so many like love and likes and happy comments and reshares and like inspirational. Next time invite me like, Oh my God, I want to be there. Like, so that's what I try to focus on. And I try to just, Block. I know you, for sure. Uh, the more you're going to be on the internet, the more we're going to encounter these assholes. And I know, like that and, and, and especially out. when your video gets picked up by on the a wrong lot of, side eyes, of the algorithm, <laughs> people are going to have a lot of stupid shit to say, and you're just going to have to fucking roll with the punches. And I just, it was too much at one point. Mm-hmm. It, was it was just like I, 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 and we, we turned got the to comments over five hundred thousand. Yeah, well, half a mil, bro. Yeah. And I feel like that video could have kept going, but I at the expense it, of what? At the, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like to have people just shit all over it uh that's i don't want it to be about it would have been people shitting all over it and, and people and giving people, it love yeah, I you know. gotta remember that it's not just the shit that's right. coming in there was also lots of love yeah and people on our side and saying how it was very creative yeah you're welcome yeah it was <laughs> i was like we should do it like this <laughs> yeah it was it was it was great and you know what i uh I would like f- to get some more people from the local area to, to get join up. us up. We need to do another beach meetup. That was we fun. Day. Get together all the time. <laughs> hey, you know what else we do all the time? It's our favorite segment, y'all. Let's go.
News Mugs, where we get high and read the news to you. So the ACLU joins court fight over Florida recreational marijuana legalization. Should I do it? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a member of the ACLU. I donate to them. Me this too, is, me too. Florida voters won't see recreational marijuana legalization on their ballots until November 2024 at the earliest. But the battle over whether voters even have the choice is heating up. This week, according to Tampa TV station WFLA, the American Civil Liberties Union filed a brief at the Florida Supreme Court in support of the measure. Florida's high court is where state attorney general Ashley Moody is attempting to have the adult use measure invalidated. At Moody's request, the state Supreme Court this week granted her office extra time to file a brief arguing why the measure should be declared unconstitutional as marijuana moment first reported. Arguments are now due August 2nd. Hmm. Moody has argued that the measure is written so ambiguously that voters won't know what they're sporting. But the ACLU pointed out that over the past five years, the Florida Supreme Court struck from the ballot four of nine initiative initiatives it reviewed. That's compared with zero invalidations by the state's high court and seven reviews over the previous five years. The Smart and Safe Florida initiative funded by Florida-based multi-state operator Trulief Cannabis to the tune of $39 million and counting. And counting. So they're still throwing money yeah, they're still there. throwing money out there. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're like, we're not backing down now. Yeah. We've, We've gone this far. far. <laughs> uh, would legalize recreational marijuana for adults 21 and older. The initiative would also create the basic framework for illegal use industry and existing medical marijuana operators, such as Leave, would enjoy an early competitive advantage. As we all know. The legalization campaign in June submitted more than enough valid signatures from registered voters to qualify for the measure for the November 2024 ballot. So ACLU is now like joining in the efforts to try to like get this on the ballot. They're like, you're not going to try to take this out again. Again. Yeah, well, I guess because they're seeing like your that they're like just this. being fucking petty about it at this point. And, and, and they've, 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 sh- they've struck it down so many times and they're like, obviously you're your voters, your people, your constituents want this on the ballot for the opportunity, you know, so just, you know what? Also, what if you remember how we, a while back, we had a couple of people on our show um, that have been involved in petitioning. Mm -hmm. Like when we spoke to minority from minority law Mm -hmm. and Jody and Jody, and they basically told us that the verbiage is very, very um, scrutinized. Mm -hmm. And depending on the way that it's worded, when it's submitted, people will always have find something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why uh, this time when they the, they did the smart and safe, they decided to leave the home grow out, right? To, keep, to simplify to it. Because s- the whole they try to say it wasn't a single subject amendment by having both legalization and home grow. On the ballet, right? Yeah, and the so amendment. they're trying to create a separate initiative for the home grow. My problem lies in there, you know, are they going to put in as much money for that as they did? Well, for, definitely not. Truly, he's not going to put know? any money into that. So but that's why it and, would have to be a grassroots effort, like the people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but right, that would be why this ACLU is now saying, like, "Hey, you've done this way too many times. Like, yeah. we've kind of just gotten the meat and potatoes here. Like, this is and as fucked up as this." petition is that it doesn't have really social equity programs it doesn't have home growth it doesn't have all the things that we feel should be included in legalization mm-hmm. if it does become legal here it would open a lot of 
doors for like us and other content creators that use kind of like doing more events, doing things like that. Yeah, it'll Even give us a little more. In our interview with Jane, which everyone will hear later, which we forgot to put in the tease. Oh, we, motherfucker. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> um, she talks about how hard it is to legally do events. Right, know? right. All the things, the hoops you have to, and all the funding you need to do because of those hoops that are put in place. Yeah. And how, like, even Nevada is only really the first place that really took the initiative to try to do the consumption lounges and stuff. Yeah. So speaking of doing stuff in the gray area and not being so on the up and up. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, as a lot of cannabis events are nowadays uh, in St. Petersburg, they had the Canadelic event out there, the Cannabis and Psychedelics Convention Test Legal Gray Area. So we've been to Canadelic Miami. It's a great event. They have good speakers, a lot of good vendors. A lot of our friends are vendors. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of great products there, you know, and there are definitely... I guess things that you would say are not legal to <laughs> Right. It's in the non-specific category of, you know, it could be not legal. That's hemp, right? But we're not going <laughs> to tell anybody about it. <laughs> these are legal mushrooms in these gummies. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, legal. What's it like to attend the world's largest cannabis and psychedelics convention? Prepare for a lot of drugs. Okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> the telltale set of cannabis was strong, even in the entryway, winding through the factory, St. Pete, where a mix of small businesses that sell drugs. Oh, my God. This article. Oh they're like going they're like, hard. They're like really putting people out yeah, there. They're like sell drugs. Some blurring the line of what's legal in Florida and the U.S. Canadelic Summer is a gathering of professionals in the cannabis, psychedelics, and other sim similar herbal products industries. The event, hosted for the first time in St. Petersburg on July 15th, is a spinoff of Canadelic Miami, an event that launched last year under the stewardship of Florida cannabis advocate Peter Sessa and his wife, Colleen. It's one of a handful of psychedelic events in the nation. But why are these advocates coming to Florida, where some products on display are far from legal? Because Florida, we're only medical. Right. Yeah, and like, shrooms is not even one of the medical things. So you can't just run to Oregon and run to places that are going to be as friendly to you as possible, Sessa said, adding that this event has been su successful in Miami, cultivating an international appeal. Florida is a notably restrictive state when it comes to recreational drugs. Patients with a medical card can access marijuana products and licensed dispensaries. Those without a medical card who still want cannabis can turn to an array of smoke shops and cannabidiol. CBD. Yeah, or CBD dispensaries, many of which uh, offer legal hemp-based products that still produce a high. Delta-8 tetrahydrocannabinol or Delta-8 THC is a chief example. We've talked about all the THCA and the THCV and all the different ones we've seen at conventions. Conventions much like Canadelic. Psychedelics are another matter. Florida, like 47 other states, prohibits psilocybin, the psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms. Other, other types of psychedelic mushrooms like Amanita muscaria and red and white mushroom intended for small doses are technically legal. And local shops like Chilla Mushroom and Hemp Dispensary have started selling products derived from such mushrooms. So that the Amanita muscaria is the the little red and with the white with dots. the white dots. We yeah, had those. So cute, the very we had gummies the Santa of Claus those. At, they're good. 
the um alternative products and expo. I, but I, I even think that's that, that I even think that that's the kind of mushroom that might be in the Magic Kingdom. Um, Which Magic Kingdom are you talking about? The gummies that we got. Oh, 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 no. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure about those. I thought you were like, I don't know why. I, I was like, Magic Kingdom what? Like the Magic Kingdom? No, of? the gummies <laughs> that we got. Those Magic Kingdom gummies. Okay. No, I think the ones we had at the Alternative Products Expo, it was, it was that was definitely that. Yeah, it was that one. Mushroom. Yes. But I think the Magic Kingdom ones also are. Hmm. I don't think so. I think they are. Okay. So Says just higher doses of it. Miami event brought in 13,000. Fuck, 13,000. That's a lot of people. Attendees over three days. That's the highest attendance record for a psychedelics event in the country. People were asking him to come north. He said he, so he chose St. Petersburg. He knew what the fuck was up. Yeah, St. Petersburg has a great cannabis culture. And like, yeah, they're all about all that. So good, good spot. Where, well, in Saint, so he chose St. Petersburg where the event drew uh, 3,500 attendees. Cessa once lived in Tampa and he was drawn to St. Petersburg. Open-minded vibe. vibe. Yeah, that's the word for it. Very open-minded open minded vibe. As for vendors, laws don't dictate the appeal of substances to consumers. Florida has the highest number of medical marijuana cardholders in the nation. Oh, wow. Really? And some like Jenny McGarvey and her family were on the hunt for innovation in Canadelic's Lazy fair marketplace. Que fancy. They don't sell psilocybin gummies at the medical card place, the Sarasota <laughs> resident said. That's what I'm saying. Those gummies are, they come in clutch. So we have a slide uh, to show. It shows Jewel Eckhoff with Chillum and Learn Euphoria wears a mushroom hat during Canada oh, summer at the factory look, fairgrounds aww. in St. Pete Saturday. So these are pictures from the there. Event. When we had when we went to Canada in Miami, you remember the mushroom? The guy was wearing mushroom just very much like this guy. Yeah. He was rapping. <laughs> That's right. It was like freestyling. We're like, okay. The event wasn't. Uh, exercise in contrast, Certera, one of Florida's major medical marijuana operators, was the marquee sponsor. It's two large booths flanked by above-the-board hemp, CBD, and legal mushroom sellers. Oh, boy. Darkened booths near the back showcase the illegal stuff. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we should have put some creepy music here. Some, some vendors sold chocolate, chocolate bars, bars or gummies filled with four grams of psilocybin. Count Ooh. them. One, two, three, four. Ah, ah, ah. Others lined tables with bags of dried psilocybin mushrooms. Oh, look at that yummy mushroom. Here's a close-up of Makilla Gorilla, a psychedelic mushroom that was available for purchase during Canadelic summer. Ooh. Some psychedelic vendors sold mushroom products like psilocybin, which is illegal in Florida. Is this like bad heat on their event? Like to have this story come out? Yeah, like, I, I wonder what the like. Obviously not, because would I mean? Yeah, I wonder what they're saying about. Are they this. Gonna, like they won't get in trouble? Where they? I don't know, girl. I hope not. I don't know. It's a great event. And they're putting, I mean, they're really putting them out there. Yeah. Says Cessa said all vendors must sign a contract confirming their products are legal and they warned they may be removed from the event for violating the rule. Mm. He took a few tours around the halls himself with security and had to ask some vendors to put illegal products away. Discreet packaging was another concern, he said. We tried our best to put an end to some of that, oh, Sessa okay. said. Some people would rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yep. 
McGarvey said she was shocked, shocked, shocked <gasps> when she was offered a sample of a silo sign. I would have been like, yes, please. I would have been like, I would, like how they do the shots in, <laughs> Just the, in the restaurants where they like tip your head back and they're like, look, I'm, I'm offended I mean, like, if I leave an event like that and I wasn't offered a sample yeah, of a silo gummy. <laughs> It'll make this whole experience so much be- better. For real. I have no idea how they got away with any of that, actually, she said. It's not frowned upon like it used to be. So maybe everybody's turning their head the other way. Sounds like it, lady. People are getting with it. They're getting with the times. So gray areas in the spotlight. Other vendors told the line like Greensmith Family Farms based near Daytona Beach. Owner Jacob Smith has a license to grow hemp plants. Though he doesn't own any retail shops, he didn't need a retail license for Canadelic, so he sold hemp flower and research and development flower. It's a flower that hasn't been tested, so who's to say whether it's cannabis or marijuana? They look identical, (laughs) Smith said. So basically, it's like, yeah, we're a hemp farm, but this may or may not be. And you know what? (laughs) Like, sometimes I feel like... um, Right. Like I, I rather know what is up because when we went to one of those, uh, one of these yeah, events, they're like, oh, this is THCA. And you're like, OK, is it we, oh, like, so what are we to what does that mean for me? So they you have, know? there's another slide that shows these guys that they're just talking about. It says here, Jacob Smith left and Chris, who requested his last name be omitted. Oh, boy. Assist customers and organize their containers of cannabis under the brand name Hemped Up. They operate in a legal gray area. Oh, my goodness. They're just putting these people on blast. Right? Like, I mean, I don't know. We should have gone. We should t- show them this article and be like, hey, what do you guys think, what do you guys <laughs> you think about this article? <laughs> are you we think it went in a little hard. Oh, see, look, they are about to talk about THCA. Oh, look, yeah. So Smith is capitalizing on what he calls a gray area under federal and state law. As a grower, he's not required to get all his products tested unless he's preparing them for sale in a retail shop, he said. Mm-hmm. Another business, tobacco and hemp retailer spiritual highness advertised products with like THCA. right marijuana plants are often rich with thca particularly when they're fresh but the substance isn't technically federally prohibited it's only when the thca is burned that it produces the psychoactive compound delta 9 thc that is mostly banned at the federal level what that means, Sessa said, is that the hemp growers can get away with growing plants that are chemically identical to marijuana plants and selling the resulting products. The gar- the argument is, this is just hemp until I light it up. <laughs> he said. So it's just like, look, I am selling this to you, but you can't set fire to it because that's when it becomes illegal. <laughs> yeah, when you set fire to it, you're on your own, homie. That's on I you. I'm not telling you to light it up. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, here's hemp. Like maybe, you know, I don't know. So Austin Jones, who owns a hemp lab and retail store called Divine Wellness that ran a booth at Saturday's event, said he sees events like Canadelic as a training ground. Canadelic is more tolerant to some vendors who are maybe operating in a more flexible space, he said. You get a chance to see a market that's developing in anticipation of a changing legal framework. They're getting ready for when it becomes more mainstream, more permitted, more distributable. Why Florida? Sessa sees Canadelic summer as a way to move Florida forward. This is how change is made, he said. You have to push the envelope in places where it's not a mature kind of thing. For Sessa, the cornerstone of the event isn't the vendors. It's the speakers who addressed the legal landscape for psychedelics. 
equity in cannabis and other topics. He wants to normalize cannabis and psychedelics, which he calls plant medicine. If people which can he say, calls, but that's what it is. Well, <laughs> I'm right, but they, but you know how sometimes I feel like people overuse it, and you're just like, okay, plant medicine, but, but it is right, it is plant medicine, it is. If people can say, see, I told you this event was just people trying to get as high as possible, <laughs> that's the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish, he said. Making the point. <laughs> so here attendees listen to a discussion panel about sex, cannabis, and psychedelics during the cannabis summer. Panelists also tackled topics like equity and cannabis, the legal landscape, and holistic wellness. For Kyle Obenberger of Colorado, participating in a Florida event was a principled push for access and addressing cost barriers. Obenberger founded Full Canopy, a company that sells supplies, allowing customers to make their own psilocybin over four or five days. Yes. His products are legal in all states, but Idaho and Georgia. In the current wild west of psychedelics, he's seizing an opportunity to make sure the nascent industry centers on health over profits, he said. The best thing we can do to enhance legislative access is set a good example, Obenberger said. We're trying to be as responsible as we can. Use science, have good intentions, and give somebody something that's reliable and repeat. Repeatable and reputable. Is re reputable. Really, Rep reputable. Reputable. The three R's. Reliable, <laughs> repeatable, and reputable. Wow. Well, like, they're just, like, putting our events. They did a whole story you know, about hey, it. Man. Like, hey, they're selling illegal shit. And like, hey, guys, <laughs> this event is awesome. That's what that... <laughs> The, and the, the next year is going to have sounds. so many people there. Like, They're like, what? I could buy shroom gummies and, and weed that's not uh, listen, illegal to you I set wanna, fire to it? I want to find out this last guy, Obenberger. I want to get a kit. One of those. I want to do my own mushrooms. Yeah, I want to see the whole thing happen. I want to see the process right before my very eyes. <laughs> hey, guys, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you should you stop should what doing you're doing it. right now. Go over to YouTube. At pot smoking moms, and start and subscribe. Doing it. Yeah, subscribe, like, review. No way, there's no review there. There's likes and comments and subscribe. Nice and comments. comments. Nice. Yeah, comments. please give us good some good comments over there, yeah. please, because YouTube is also with the negativity in there. Yeah, that's why I don't know. I'm shorts like on our shorts because that not on our goes out a little more randomly. That's usually our audience is watching our videos, right. but the shorts go out to the like public uh, more. Yeah. And, and you know, it just it gets real <sighs> dark. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> on to our next segment, which is not dark at all. No, dun dun dun. I love you, Miami. I love you, Miami. It was high tide, guys, as a large quantity of marijuana washes up on a Florida beach. Hey, some of you guys hit us up after our yacht event, our boat event, and we're like, hey, did you guys drop something? Yeah, <laughs> I did drop my phone. I wouldn't I be know. surprised if we dropped a big bag of weed. Yeah. I think we would have noticed the weed right. missing, though. <laughs> I don't think it's this much weed. That was a lot of weed, those no. nugs. Yeah. Look, it looks like seaweed. You, do you think you can? I, but I think those are fucked. You cannot smoke those. No, like, they're please, fucked. Don't they've smoke been those. They've been floating in the ocean and right. drying in the sun. I don't know. Yeah, don't be that. smoking no washed up weed, beach weed. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so police officers in Florida were busy over the weekend cleaning up a different kind of seaweed that washed ashore one of its beaches. Authorities said a large quantity of loose, unpacked marijuana washed up on the sands of Neptune Beach Saturday morning about 17 miles east of Jacksonville. And Captain Jay was like, I wish I was on that beach. <laughs> Who called the police and I like just picked it all up? I know somebody was like, oh, trying to scoop it all up. <laughs> While officers on scene worked with public works crews to clean the pot off the oh, beach, look it. they urged residents and tourists to avoid the area and not get any clever ideas. Look how big those nugs are. Those are they, got the filled, <laughs> they got filled with water. They like soaked oh in all gosh. the water probably and they're like, that's so weird. I, I bet a lot of people walked by it not realizing it was weed. And I bet it. a couple people walked by it and knew exactly that it was weed. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, that's weed. What? Before anyone starts thinking about coming out and turning this discovery into your own treasure hunt, we would advise against it. The Neptune Beach Police Department said in a statement. <laughs> After floating in the ocean for some time, the marijuana has quickly begun to degrade and rot. Yeah, I bet. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, don't. That's why we're like, that sounds oh, sorry, Police believe the weed was likely being transported by sea when somehow it broke open and separated. It's crazy, one person told News 4 Jack. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a bunch of hippies on the beach. <laughs> Trying to find a what random dude fuck? with a funny it's comment like, oh as soon as weed appears a bunch of hippies just pop into there right right that's how it's like you oh, know there's yeah, weed here uh -huh. <laughs> exactly that's how it works isn't that i thought that's how it works you the and weed comes be, out and all be, the hippies start coming out the bushes in my house all the time i guess i'm the hippie <laughs> you are the hippie with those birkenstocks <laughs> Under current Florida law, it is illegal to grow or possess, or possess cannabis without a medical marijuana card. Well, that's the story. Unless you find it on the beach. <laughs> they just find it on but the beach. But we don't suggest you smoke it. And then you'd be like, they're like, what are you doing with that? I just found it on the beach. And like, then, then you're like, at least it's not cocaine. <laughs> like this next story. Like this next story. This is bonkers. Okay, guys. You've heard of cocaine bear. Yeah, well, these are cocaine sharks. Look at that nose. Are cocaine sharks really scarfing down drugs off Florida's coasts? If you know anything about Florida, we've brought a lot of cocaine into this country through South Florida. Like, oh boy, there are documentaries about it. Yeah, was it cocaine, cocaine cowboys? cowboys? Like Miami's huge, huge Scarface, Scarface. Well, yeah. <laughs> While sharks on cocaine sounds like a clumsy Jaws Scarface crossover, I would some... watch it. <laughs> if if a human wrote it, I would watch. <laughs> if, if a human who would be it. who would be the voice of the shark? So okay, <laughs> okay keep I'll think of the voice. Make him the voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> Al Pacino. Some researchers say the idea may not be as wacky as it sounds, especially in the waters off Florida. There, sharks and a diverse assemblage. Did they say that right? It's I don't know. That's not fancy. The assemblage. Way assemblage. <laughs> Sharks in a diverse assemblage. Assemblage. Swim. Assemblage. Oh, yeah, it's assemblage. They're on RuPaul's assemblage swim race. Swim along a major drug smuggling throughway. <laughs> 
which potentially exposes the toothy predators to floating bundles of narcotics. This is the only place in the world where a shark could come into contact with the massive doses of cocaine. Wow, yeah, nobody's like... Tom Hurd, a marine biologist and broadcaster (laughs) based in England. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. nobody is calling their their shark friend and going, hey, you want to go out tonight on a fucking coke binge? Like, they're definitely finding it in the ocean from people transporting the cocaine. Only in Florida would there be fucking cocaine Right? So Heard explores the plausibility of sharks ingesting narcotics in a new television special called Cocaine Sharks, which is part of Discovery's annual Shark Week. Well, we're now going to have to watch this. this. The eye-catching title is an homage to Cocaine Bear, a recent film about a black bear going on a cocaine-fueled rampage. Though the movie is very loosely based on a real event in 1985 in which a bear died shortly after ingesting several containers of cocaine that had been dropped from a plane over northern Georgia. Heard thinks the chances of sharks encountering the drug is much higher than it is for most other predators, including bears. I fully believe that it's real, especially with the amount of cocaine that is washing up in Florida, Heard says. And that's just the stuff that makes it to the beach. It doesn't include the stuff that gets caught out at sea because cocaine is soluble in water. He says a shark swimming in the vicinity of a damaged package could could theoretically get a contact high. Oh, my God. Like, I'm already terrified of sharks. If, oh, if you get you a fucking coked, coked up, up shark. shark. I don't know. Oh, I know scary. there's going to be a lot of a lot of shark families being broken up by this <laughs> cocaine problem. <laughs> Poor little shark families. Oh, my God. So test the hypothesis. Here teams up with Tracy Fenner, an environmental scientist at the University of Florida, who studies how human pollutants impact sharks and other marine life. Living in Florida for the past 20 years, I've heard so many stories about these cocaine bales washing ashore, Fenner says. For that reason, I went from laughing at the idea to being fully on board with investigating whether <laughs> sharks were consuming such drugs. I could, I could tell. They're like drunk. They got high with they're, it. Yeah, yeah, and they're right. like talking oh, about cocaine God. sharks. Oh, they saw like they saw cocaine cowboys. They're like, oh, that, oh they saw a- cocaine bear. And they're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh yeah, cocaine bear. And they're like, wait, and cocaine cowboys. And they're, and they're like, like, wait, oh. there's cocaine sharks what? for sure. And they turned it into an actual study. <laughs> Yo. Stoners at work. The team focused on the waters around the Florida Keys, a string of islands just south of the Florida Peninsula. Typically, drug smugglers drop their stash from lightweight aircraft south of the Florida Keys, probably for boats to pick up. Thanks to ocean currents, some of those drugs often wash up around the Keys. We should hang out at the Keys more often. It's a whole other thing for keys, like kilos. Didn't they call those keys? There's keys Keys in the keys. keys. According to news reports, a boater there fished out a load of cocaine weighing 62 pounds (laughs) on July 2nd. Only weeks after the U.S. Coast Guard confiscated more than 14,100 pounds of cocaine worth an estimated $186 million. Oh, my God. That was being smuggled through through the Caribbean to Florida. And in January, 2.3 million worth of the drug washed up in Florida Keys and was turned over to the U.S. Border Patrol. It's a lot of cocaine. Yeah, tell me about a fucking building a fucking wall. Like, what's well, the point? Build a wall, the fucking ocean? Well, come on. The Keys' balmy waters are also a hotspot for sharks. Several species swim here, including tiger sharks, hammerheads, and bull sharks. 
Heard and Fanara jumped in the water near the keys with several sharks to see whether they could observe anything fishy about the animal's <laughs> behavior. Okay. <laughs> so in one instance, a normally wary great hammerhead shark swam toward the divers. This species, which can grow up to 20 feet long and weigh well more than 500 pounds, leaned to one side as it swam, making the normally graceful shark look unusually wobbly. Because sharks streamlined body, the because their streamlined body helped them effortlessly slice through the water, any snag in their movement is easy to spot. It's almost like noticing that someone graffitied the Mona Lisa. Okay. That's a weird analogy. Hey man, we've anal we've <laughs> analyzed things in such weird ways that like Erd says the divers also observed a sandbar shark swimming in circles as if fixated on an imaginary object. <laughs> what? Another behavior the researchers found odd, but they couldn't link these behaviors to cocaine cocaine exposure. Another, another. They found this another is all speculation. Shark. Well, they found another shark that sold his TV to go <laughs> score some more cocaine. But they found my phone and sold it for <laughs> they some found cocaine. Exactly, they pawned that shit. <laughs> Back on the boat, the team dropped dummy bales of cocaine into the water next to fake swans to see which objects the sharks preferred. To their surprise, several sharks ignored the swans and swam straight for the dummy bales. Some sharks even took bites out of them. Next, the researchers dropped bait bales filled with concentrated fish powder into the water. According to Heard, this powder is known to trigger a dopamine hit in the shark's brain. In this case, the bait caused a stir in the sharks, similar to how catnip riles up felines. The researchers hoped the sharks would associate this stimulation with cocaine. Finally, this is such a weird research. <laughs> Finally, the team again deposited fake bales into the water, but this time they did it from airplanes to stimulate the drug drop oh, scenario. Like, oh, my God. My God. They're getting airplanes involved in everything. Yeah, they're like, let's see if these guys know Several about Several sharks swam over to investigate the splashdown, which Heard says sounds as a little bit like a struggling fish would to a shark. While the researchers think these tests suggest a shark would be tempted to take an exploratory nip out of a cocaine bill, not all researchers, shark researchers, are taking the bait. <laughs> Gavin Naylor, director of the Florida Program for Shark Research in University of Florida, agrees it is plausible for swimming sharks yeah, to bump yeah. into floating narcotics around Florida. Yeah, because that guy's like, yeah, uh, uh, if a shark sees something, it might gonna might might take a bite out of it. Yeah, though. if it and, and if it makes a splashing noise and it thinks it's like a fish it's possible yeah it's gonna... for sure he thinks sharks are much more likely to treat these bales like driftwood or other inedible de debris than a tasty meal however these are predators says Naylor, who was not involved in the television program <laughs> unless the bale was laced with freshly killed fish it's unlikely they're going to want to eat right. anything that's not living like they might poke around it just because like what the fuck is this is it alive but they're not going no, to they like probably just, fight he, it he thinks he's just they're gonna swim by maybe when it first initially hits the water and it's making that like they're gonna see if they're like but the people on the tv show said they came when they dropped it uh-huh so this guy's not on the show he's just another researcher yeah but he's kind of making common sense yes. like he's like yeah they're fucking sharks like they'll poke around maybe they but... just saw the success of cocaine bear and they're like let's make a show about cocaine sharks which I would watch. Yeah, now I have to find <laughs> Though bales of actual cocaine did wash up on the keys while the team observed the sharks. Oh, wow. 
Fenera notes that it is impossible to conclusively tie any of the animal's behaviors to ingesting cocaine without an in-depth study. This would require capturing the sharks, collecting blood samples, and sifting through the chemical traces of cocaine back in the laboratory. That would make more sense. You have to that test them. more thorough. Drug test the <laughs> sharks. Drug test them. Right. Pinpointing traces of cocaine in a shark's blood would be the first step of further work. It's also needed to understand how the drug would impact the fish's neutral wiring. Oh, my God. Neural Are they going to start getting sharks high They're going to And then, like, connecting their brains to <laughs> fucking machines. Although researchers have yet to give a shark an experimental whiff of cocaine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's like, there's so much. Oh, but cuss. they have conducted studies on how a drug, how it affects other fish. Other fish. Oh. In 2016, scientists in Switzerland examined the effects of cocaine on zebra fish, a type of striped minnow commonly used in what? scientific experiments. But why? The researchers were surprised to find that most of the cocaine accumulated in the fish's eyes instead of their brain. What? Some zebrafish eyes contained concentrations of cocaine that were a thousand <gasps> times higher levels that would be lethal to humans. What? This the Swiss scientists were also surprised to find that instead of revving up the zebrafish, the cocaine suppressed their movements. Maybe that's why when they were talking about the sharks' one was reactions, wobbly. I was like, that doesn't sound like... Well, they're saying one was like wobbly and the other one was like chasing something. something he nothing that was not there. nothing <laughs> you'd think that a shark on cocaine is going to be swimming around all over the place at a thousand miles an hour heard said but this is that is us taking our human brains and putting it into the shark's head that's true you don't know how it's going right, to affect right, them right. <laughs> and what point. like it's kind of like you know how some people benadryl puts them to sleep and for other people it keeps them up yeah how we can drink a uh, well, cafecito before we go to sleep at night and it yeah or even like weed you know right. affects people differently some people get very paranoid off of it and can't smoke weed and other people yeah. you know you know thrive on it like some us. sharks like <laughs> cocaine other sharks prefer the weed you know it's just how it goes in whatever way cocaine may affect sharks research recent research illustrates that aquatic animals can involuntarily fall under influence of narcotics in a 2021 a team studying the impact of methamphetamine pollution on brown trout found that in the lab the fish appeared to become hooked by only small amounts of meth in the water they even exhibited signs of withdrawal when moved to a new tank. What? Wow. Oh my God. The team hopes cocaine sharks raises public awareness of the impact that drugs, including pharmaceuticals, can have on marine life. This is a catchy title to shed light on a real problem, Panero says. Naylor agrees that Shark Week offers a large platform and he's think he thinks highlighting outrageous scenarios misses the point. The natural world has so many mysteries that we don't understand, Naylor says. We have to generate artificial constructs to get attention is beyond me. That guy does not like this show, this cocaine shark show, <laughs> the Naylor guy. Maybe what? because he's trying, maybe because he sees that they're taking the trending opportunity and they're trying to do the thing where they like, they take a spin off of something that seems kind of popular. Like, Can we do some legit research here? And some yeah, research and then the like scientist <laughs> is like, come on, guys, what are you fucking? This is ridiculous. Is this an SNL <laughs> sketch or are you guys really scientists trying to figure out real shit over here? <laughs> Oh, God. I do not want to encounter a cocaine shark. <laughs> no, fuck no. <laughs> or a shark fairy. This is giving me more fucking fear of the ocean. That's where the aliens hide. In the ocean. Is it? For sure. 
the ocean is huge and a lot of it hasn't even been explored yet. That's why they hide down there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're at the end of the show and we're ready for our guest interview. Hey, we had a really fun time talking to Jane West. She loves smoking cannabis flower every day, just like us. She cleverly designs, invents, and manufactures products dedicated to make life better with Jane. Here's our interview with Jane West. What got you here? What started you in cannabis? Well, um, I've been in the cannabis industry for a decade now. Uh, by the end of this year, it'll be um, so 10 years in the space. And the story is really long, so I'll try to make it brief. But um, I was a 38-year-old mother of two. My kids at the time were five and three. And I have a master's degree in social work. And previous to getting my master's degree, I worked um, on refugee programs with the UN in New York. And so I was working a job um, as a social worker. I love my job when Colorado legalized. And I've always been a cannabis consumer. And I always really produced events for nonprofits. That was kind of what I did, like whether it was a community building event or like an actual educational event. Um, I, the biggest events I ever did as a social worker, I did, um, events for both of Obama's inaugurations where we actually like rented museums on the national mall and had high school students there and present, um, on those mornings. And so that was the job I had when Colorado legalized and I wanted to make cannabis friendly events. And so, um, I really couldn't find anything out there that was my aesthetic um, I was trying to just attend some events to meet people and, um, it really wasn't anything that I like felt comfortable at in some cases, not even safe at. And additionally, I naively believed that social use was like right around the corner. I mean, we're selling millions of dollars in cannabis in the state and obviously adults need somewhere to go to consume it together or there would be tents at concerts soon and even festivals that celebrate it perhaps like all of that felt very attainable and, and, and close and it's amazing that this far along none of us really have anything like that um that we can attend despite now billions of dollars of cannabis being sold in this country um, so at the time of like very wide eyed and, uh, idealistic, I, I, I put together an event series. So it was just one event a month and they were at an art, art, art galleries, um, actually one art gallery, one art gallery owner chose to host it. And I had private chefs and live music and it was a cannabis friendly event and that's what it was billed as. And so it got a lot of press and, um, in fact, it got so much press that a little part of my story made it on to, and this, these were just like a two hour event. Like it was a cocktail party I was doing for fun. It was not really business necessarily. It was like my little pet project. Um, and part of my story made it on the five o'clock evening news with Brian Williams. Um, after I had only held one event. And as a result, I was asked to resign from my job, even though I wasn't selling weed or doing anything like, it was just too close and my staff had to be drug tested. And, and so I did not expect that. And it was very disruptive. <laughs> not like what I thought was going to happen. Um, and so, um, in fact, I had pretty much decided by that point, like this was really hard, what I was trying to do. Um, and isn't it great that I have a regular job? So, um, 
So that really swung me in, but it also put me in the news even more because people were like, hey, remember that lady we told you about? Because I did make the cover of the Denver Post about this weed event, whatever. Hey, remember that lady we told you about that's doing events? Like she just got fired from her job, even though she didn't sell it or buy it or, you know. And so then, um, then I partnered with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra and this kind of goes into a funny story about your podcast too. Um, and the Colorado Symphony Orchestra was really looking to get a new audience and they have a very innovative CEO. And we decided to turn the summer events into fundraisers for the Colorado Symphony and leading up to an event, even at Red Rocks, um, where the whole symphony orchestra on a Saturday night would be performing at Red Rocks in an event called On a High Note, sponsored by the local so um, that got a lot of attention. We were on CBS this morning and also uh, Nightline, Juju Chang flew out and followed me around for two days before the event and was there with the whole film crew at the event. Wow. And um, we had this whole event called uh, On a High Note. And so um, that was just the first six months. Um, but like so many things in cannabis and because of so many like stereotypes and regulations and authorities um a lot of like it, the story doesn't get better from there so uh the mayor of denver was not having it at all and uh so he sent a swat team to one of my events after that and so i ended up with criminal misdemeanor charges and couldn't host any more events and also the part that ties me into you guys a bit like i was googling you know pot smoking moms like getting prepared for this this interview and whatnot and it reminded me of this like how different how how things have changed in the media because and this is actually still pretty prevalent like the negative stereotype of cannabis and the words used and how things are framed and how it's looked at especially when it comes to women and moms is so different than really any other group um and my example of that is that like juju chang came to cover my red rocks event I'm in like a flowing dress. It's the symphony orchestra on a Saturday night. Like the whole piece was about that. Right. So, but when the piece actually came out, this seven minute piece covering it, the title of the piece, which you can Google on ABC right now is um, it was on the main page. That's what reminded me of it. Like I Googled pot smoking moms. The title of the piece was called pot smoking moms unapologetically getting high. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They were like going for clickbait. Then, like, for real. Big time about the event, but, like in one piece, well, me and my friends are like smoking pot in the kitchen. <laughs> oh my God. Let me, can I, are you, are you the one where they asked about like being high while taking care of your kids? And you were like, Oh my God! I some so many people have tagged me in this video, in that video of that interview with you, no. where you turn around and you go, "I hope I wish people would just not ask me that like that." Yeah. I hope I wish people wouldn't ask moms that question. That's yeah. ridiculous. I don't think my kids should watch me smoke a joint or consume any form of like combustible substances. But you're not opposed to being a little bit high in front of your kids. Um, I am. I'm hoping that people don't have to answer this question anymore because no one gets asked this question about alcohol. I, that is me. That's my living room. That's, that's awesome. That's, you know, 
It's so funny. I was looking at you and I'm like, man, I I, I know I've seen her on the internet, but like I, she seems really familiar to me. <laughs> and that's why you're the famous lady from that interview. So we are all unapologetic pot smoking moms trying yeah. to reframe the conversation, right? 100%. Yeah. I, and I felt when you said like, Oh, we just want you to stop asking us this question. Like, yeah. well, it's not even relevant. Like, what are yeah. you with? People, people like compare it to alcohol, and I'm just like, you can't even really compare one with the other. It's yeah. not that they, they have, you know, they don't definitely do the same not things. the same impairment at all. Like, yeah, and people drink yeah. around their children all the time. Yes, celebrate it. There's yeah. entire sections of every tourist town I was I've been to this summer. There is some store that has a whole section about mom and her wine mm -hmm. and my, and like a sippy cup you can buy and, a <laughs> nyama, and like, no, no. But God forbid that we yeah. say we want to get, we want to smoke, you know, yes. or we want to yeah. get light, light a J outside for a little bit. Or even or at a family a barbecue, you know, <laughs> like go around, get away a little distance from the kids, smoke a yeah. J. I, Right. I personally have no trouble. Like I'm trying to normalize it. I want my child to think that there's nothing wrong with it. So I'm not hiding it. I know a lot of moms are still like where they go to a, a closet or a garage or whatever. Yeah. I don't do it next to my child, but the child has seen me do it. Yes. I'm right there with you. And that's the way it is in my house that I can tell you now. I mean, he one's about to be 16 and the other is 12 and like, they don't, they actually don't think it's cool at all. Like, they have no <laughs> interest. They, like... That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really just, it's normal. It really is. And and how you could look at the numbers of the products that have been sold in this country for the past 10 years and not be like, this is normal. This should be, you know, it, it's just insane. Um, it's why, you know, and that's one of the reasons the, the pipes that you bought, thank you very much for purchasing my product in Florida, fluent, um, they're perfect because, you know, they're, they're what I, I believe a serving of cannabis is 0.35 grams. Mm -hmm. If you've got quality cannabis between 20 and 30% THC and you're serving yourself, whether it's in a bowl or a chillum or a joint, because the first joints I ever sold were all also 0.35 grams too. Um, that is a serving. That is what you need. And one gram joints are basically three times as much as what you need. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the, those chillums are perfect because it, it's enclosed. The mouthpiece acts as a carb, like capturing the air and chilling it for just a second. You can get what you want because ultimately, you know, women in this country, one in four women are on anti-anxiety medication and one in four women are on antidepressant, uh, both of which lower your libido and affect your overall like mood. Um, and cannabis is an option for a lot of those individuals who, by the way, when they're put on those medications, they're told to take it every day. That's an addiction. When you go back in and you say it's not working anymore, they tell you to take twice as much. That's an addiction, right? I think cannabis really helps a lot of women regulate during the week they need it, but not the next, they, they don't need it, they don't need it every day. They're just need it, they're just on a really hard weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, like having that serving size and this measurable amount that you know you can trust is like really what you need to like have, well, oh, where I was going with that was just with like pills. Like Americans like pills. We, we, we consume 80% of the pills that the world consumes, Americans. Well, the pharmaceutical yeah. companies.
Yes. Uh, well, maybe not so prescription medications. Eighty percent of supplements consumed, and it's because they act really fast, and that's what people want: fast acting. Mm-hmm. And flower consumption, in lighting flower and inhaling it and exhaling it, is the fastest way to change your mood, to feel the effects of cannabis, to actually have that like immediate effect versus the, you know, having to digest the THC and have your liver process it through tinctures or edibles. So I just, you know, there were times uh, a decade ago that people were telling me like flowers going to be dead in a few years. Oh, look at, look at this extract. Look at like, look at what they're able to do. This is modern cannabis. This is, you know, the packs and the, this and the, that. And like, I was like, absolutely not. No, this, lighting flower and inhaling it and exhaling it is unparalleled experience um and we all know that so we just need more people to it's a whole a lot of it's like it's a whole senses thing we've talked about it before where it's like you know your fingers entourage effect basically of having all of it you know, all the cannabinoids, the plant matter, all of it, the entire effect of smoking the cannabis. Like I, I've tried extracts and stuff, but those are, it's not the same. It's a completely different feeling. Yeah. And, and I it's prefer so, flower uh, 100%. It's so variable. It's so, and inconsistent, you know, like I'm, I'm working on a vape line, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not dissing that. There's a lot of people that love it for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. um, but it still just isn't quite comparable. Yeah. The vape is uh, what you use for convenience. And then you yeah. get home and you have your ritual with your flower. I mean, that's how I look at it too. Yes. The ritual. Well, when was the, when was the first time you used cannabis, you smoked cannabis? Um, I didn't in my, like, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, um, I worked at a summer camp, um, in Northern Wisconsin. And at that, that was the first time I, I consumed it. Not when there were campers there, but the people I met there were, um, more tapped into it. And it was in like an idyllic, trusted, lovely, grassy, like summer night. Um, so, you know, all of my, um, connotations with, cannabis are always have always been like very positive but I'm also like a white girl from the suburbs and I went to Madison like a really like white undergrad um and so I I really I didn't have any issues with the law I it's a late it's a later but like I didn't you know I didn't have a lot of like I didn't really fear or negative connotations around consuming it or possessing it I always had like bongs at my apartment and my rental places and you know uh in my dorm you know and so like it was just a very overall welcoming positive um not shameful you know not fearful uh like upbringing in relation to cannabis my dad consumes a lot he still consumes a lot um he's like still kicking at like 75 and um yeah so that it was growing up in high school i was 16 years old Cool. And you, so you never had a negative experience because some people do like have a negative or they use it. They don't have, you know how the first time you don't feel it and then they like, ah, this is nothing. And they don't. Or their parents are telling them that's something not to do or like. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, a lot of people in my world have that going on in terms of like, if you were caught with it, it meant it defined you, you know, if it was, oh, 
Tommy, oh, I found weed. And, you know, and it's like, it <laughs> suddenly totally redefines you as a person. You don't want other parents hearing that. Yeah. Um, right. You know, especially in the 80s, because like, I'm, you know, I was, I was a teenager in the 80s. And that's like, that was the Nancy Reagan, everything, like the hardest drug laws. Yeah, there. Retory minimums, no one give it like drug, you know, drug, cannabis as a schedule one drug. Insane. Uh, it's medicinal. So, <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. I even think, you know, we just, we still don't even really realize on a full scale how much we have been like raised to believe how negative it is. Especially, I, I'm very, I'm hopeful and I, I love working with young people. That's what I always did before. Um, and I'm hopeful because this next gen is like so open minded. And we have like psychedelics and mushrooms. I'm, I'm currently um, in the final steps of my mushroom line. Um, I own the Jane West brand name in the nutritional supplement category. I'm like prepared to do this. And, you know, they just have such a op more open mind to these things. And like beyond just Nancy Reagan's dare program and the egg, the fried egg in the pan, like your brain on drugs, like cops started in the 80s and 90s. And that was basically like watching the war on drugs on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, cops. I was like, you chase the kid down the thing, jump the fence, <laughs> do the alley and stick the dogs out and you found like a tiny bag of weed and we were all like, oh, <laughs> that figured it out. Like, <laughs> it's like terrible. It's like the longest running show in America. Like, God, that's good. Bad, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Gonna do? Wow. <laughs> Didn't they show no. that show on like Sunday evenings? Yes, like, it was, oh, this, I think this it was Friday night. night. Oh, Friday night? It was, was prime time. It was like, four yeah, it's so wild to <laughs> think that people like, that was like the first reality show, right? It was the first reality show. I totally agree. And the franchise, because it was like Miami. <laughs> that's where we are we're in miami yeah. Yeah. what's different like so crazy oh so, my god like, yeah. you don't realize how much all of that plays into yeah into the the wow. narrative into all the narratives they yes. continue to we grew up with this exactly the war on drugs campaign the dare stuff curriculum in school we were told all the time that it, it's just the wrong thing and i worry there's still that curriculum going on so like i'm oh, yeah. waiting till my son gets that day in class okay. where he's told that i was like wait i think that's what my mom's doing <laughs> I know, yeah. is that cannabis what they're calling marijuana <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so that we had to fight with with that and you know um you know Tell them, yeah, you're gonna probably hear these things in school, but this is the truth about about it. It's a medicine. It's for adults. But I want to know more about this uh, shroom line that you just mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about your mushroom line? I'm concerned about what I'm seeing happen in the psychedelic sector. I just attended like the largest. I had a big event in my home actually for this large psychedelic conference that happened in in Colorado this past June and. You know, there are concerning things already happening that there's like two corporations and you've got to have all the licensing and you've got to have someone sit like initial information coming out is that like these sessions are going to be in the thousands of dollars. And, you know, many it's just it's removing people from access to mm -hmm. plant medicine. Um, and I do I'm a I'm a fan of um, LSD and other forms of psychedelics as well. 
But mushrooms are unique, and I, in my mind, in a category with cannabis because it is a simple plant versus all the other different types of um, therapeutics that are being tested right now, MDMA, LSD, ayahuasca. Um, when it comes to cannabis and mushrooms, these are two products that my entire life, and I'm like 47 now, like everything I've consumed was something someone just grew simple, like a plant. And the mushrooms grown easily out of a mushroom spore pod. Nothing more was needed. Nothing, I didn't need a company. I didn't need like some special formulation, which has been one of the things I'm like kind of grappling with is like, I, I want people to just have access to it. So how do I become part of that system, which is not what is being put in place nationwide? Just, hey, grow your own you know, because um, there's nothing to that in terms of regulation, taxation, and capitalism. And so it has been like a kind of a journey for me. What I want to be able to do, I, I have though been, um, everything I do in cannabis is in day and night. And the purpose of that is because I'm trying to educate people about the guidelines around sativa and indica without actually using those words ever. Like we try not to use those words as a brand ever because they don't mean anything. There's no way that you, you can just say something is what it is. There's no terpene profile that tells you whether or not something is or is not something. It's kind of known. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do everything. I sell all my cannabis in day or night and then help guide people towards what they want. And that's the same thing I want to do with mushrooms. So um, I've been testing out these different adaptogenic mushrooms. So I think the main psychedelic mushroom in, in my line will probably be golden teacher or penis envy. Um, but then what I want to do is have an adaptogenic blend that's part of the product as well. Um, for day, we would be using like lion's mane and ginkgo, maybe some cinnamon. Um, for night, we'd be using more like nettle leaf or and reishi and, um, like more like and just kind of help guide that and as i've been making these different mixes and utilizing the ones that are more calming and more um stimulating I, it definitely works and it definitely like frames your experience um but it, i think it also like frames your own because these are psychedelic drugs they're working on your psyche and the, what you're thinking about and what you want to achieve out of it when you take it is definitely a component of it. So I do think giving people some guidance and then adding adaptogenic mushrooms that um, enhance that experience of what they're looking for, either more mellow or more uh, invigorating, um, and then letting them go on that experience and feeling more guided and in control is great. Um, I'd love to be able to sell the product, but most of the people I know that are growing their own mushrooms um, in order to serve it to themselves in a unified format, they create their own capsules. They're simple mm -hmm. capsules you can buy online and fill with dried mushrooms in a very organized manner with fairly, fairly consistent experience. I'd love to be able to sell these blends to individuals that you just make it themselves. Like there's some adaptogenic blends that you can take with these as well. Um, so that's where I'm at right now with the line. And um, I'm watching closely the way the regulations are going to place nationwide. So far, there's nothing that's real promising um, because they're on top of people should have access to these products in uh, readily available at a reasonable price, especially when 
if you've ever grown mushrooms, when you start growing them, they just keep growing. Like people I know that are doing it successfully are like, I think I had too many. I think I'm gonna get rid. <laughs> it won't stop growing. Like how so many? Take them. Like, um, and so like what like it shouldn't be something that's under so much lock and key. Um, and so yeah, I would love to be able to sell people spores and everything they need to do it. Um, but nothing like that quite exists just yet. And so so I hope that people are watching. It's just like, there's no journalists covering this stuff really well. So many of the um, media coverage of it is basically financial reports of publicly traded companies covering this and, you know, and we really need people educating Americans that they should be fighting for their right to grow cannabis and psychedelic mushrooms in the, on their own without any concern for, you know, legal action um, and have the ability to alter their own consciousness with the plants they grow in their house. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on trying to just make it accessible and welcoming. Absolutely. And I mean, it's the tip of the iceberg with the mushrooms. I feel like we, I mean, there's still a lot of moves to make with cannabis and research and everything. And now everybody's like talking about, I, I mean, whatever we called it, Molly, but MDMA. Now everyone's like, MDMA. oh, Molly. MDMA. And we're like, you guys used to talk shit about us for taking that and going dancing yeah. and having a good time. <laughs> right. Now everybody's using it for now therapy. Everybody's like, oh, it's therapeutic. Well, and the exciting thing about that too is that and that's where a regulated, I understand the need for a regulated environment because what we were taking when it, that was Molly, and this ties into what I said earlier about was not, American, it's not pure MDMA. Americans wanting immediate effect. They would be like, Oh, this is good. Oh, I like, you know, um, it's Molly is generally MDMA mixed with an amphetamine. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why you're up all night. And that's why like, and that's why you feel it right away. Because if you're taking pure MDMA, you're taking a smaller amount than the pressed pills that are usually on the illicit market that are, could also be extremely dangerous. Um, and you're having a different experience because really these MDMA assisted therapies don't actually start engaging until about 45 minutes in, if you're really doing it the right way. And so that's another component of like educating people like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's have a pure experience, which so many people, you know, haven't, but, um, but they got a taste of it. And it's absolutely something that is like a mood lifting drug that has longstanding effects. The clinical trials that are been put in place with PTSD vets that are now, I mean, we're talking FDA approved. Like that's what's happening as we speak. They, the mm -hmm. psychedelic conference here was training the trainer on these on these uh, procedures and uh, therapy, therapy sessions, um, the efficacy rate coming out of them is like 60%. And that's just not what any prescription dog is really doing. Very few prescription dogs have high as such an efficacy rate where the customer after one or two experiences is saying that it has permanently changed their outlook. Um, so it's really exciting. Um, I was gonna show you, this is we the, the little, this is as far as we've gotten. We like, so they'll be those are the capsules of the blend you're yeah. talking about the day. We're gonna call them caps, yes. kind of like you know mushroom caps, like a little play on yeah. that. Yeah, you know, just like a simple little pill. Then we have like our little recipe list, but that's a, that's where we're at right now with that. I like your I your it. your style is so minimalistic, but it's so like elegant. I'm looking at Thank all you. of the, your pieces behind you. 
And yeah. I love that okay. piece. Do you, do you have like a favorite piece of yours that you That's have? That's my new thing. So my new thing is my most exciting thing. Um, my first classroom line was great for the brand and really exciting, but it was not the right deal with the right company. And so my goal with my second glassware line was to just make something truly different that was completely different than what I made the first time. And that also was designs that I owned 100%. And so um, just last week in Las Vegas, I picked up the final samples. I don't know any fresh, fresh um, of my 20s collection glassware, which we're in the 20s. This is our 2020s. Yeah. But it's also like, um, inspired by a depression year glassware of the 1920s um so Ooh. wow that's beautiful lot, i love like, it things we have around our house right now you know um which most bongs paraphernalia based products like they don't they they don't fit it's not even so much that like it's a bong it's that it doesn't fit the aesthetic of the yeah, rest of the yeah. home <laughs> But this like truly does. It has a really big flat wide base too, like for like not tipping, not spilling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it has a removable bowl and a removable down stem. Nice. So that um so you can clean it really well. Um, because you want to be able to keep your stuff clean. That's one of the biggest, I mean, water filtration for cannabis flower is truly the best. It cools the air. It removes particulate matter. It's like everything you're looking for. But at the same time, most of the closed loop systems for water pipes are, they encourage the growth of grime and mildew. They, you can't get in there and actually clean it out, right? Um, and so what it was really important to me to have a piece that was easily cleanable and also something that is like more servable. Like, you know how bombs you have to kind of turn them at a 45 degree angle. Uh -huh. yeah. for you. So I'm going to hold it and smoke it and do it. And then <laughs> so these are also good for um, like a lounge environment. If God forbid someday we get to finally consume <laughs> cannabis in a lounge setting. I know. Right? right? So Vegas is trying now. Yeah, they are. No, yeah. I was that one. It was lovely. And so this yeah. is also like. That is so cute. I love yeah. that. And you know what? You are so right about the the grime and the bacteria. I one I was hitting one bond for a while, and I mean, even though I cleaned it regularly, I felt like it was giving me more phlegm, and I had to like get rid of it. And it changed. Like I, my lungs thanked me for it because it was really not not good. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean we're inhaling this product, you know, and you, you have to make sure it's like clean and good. Um, this is the hand pipe that goes with the line. Oh, so look at that color. Bad. That color is beautiful. I'm glad you like it. So cute. Thank you. And then I made an ashtray. Um, the ashtray is only $30 to customers and it's specifically designed, um, to have a couple different components. First of all, your lighter won't fall into it. Nice. And then, it's also made to basically perfectly fit um, a pre-roll, the size pre-rolls that are in the market. So, and there's like a little lip on it to like keep it in place. Also, the pre-roll should be burning at a horizontal so it doesn't like cone. Um, so yeah, this is my like pre-roll ashtray that goes with the set. I love Very it. Cute. Thank you. 
I love how you think of all the little details and then design wise, it's just very beautiful. Thank you. I could totally just like walk through the container store. Usually. <laughs> but for me, but for me, that but for me. Like, over and over again, you know, I could put my weed what in is, it. Uh -huh. <laughs> you could put your weed in it. Well, how, how do you get inspired to make these pieces? What uh, I mean, obviously, weed it helps. Yeah, well, it, but... I mean, it goes back to the events. Like, I wanted a bong bar at the very beginning. Like, that very first event that was on all the news channels, like, I wanted a bong <laughs> bar. so glorious. Oh, <laughs> and I just, like, wanted wonderful. to be five bongs that were the same bong that looked amazing. And instead, all there were was basically um, bongs. Like beaker bongs. Soaking you. And, you know, they're bongs that look like this. Yeah, beaker bongs. Which, yeah, which, like, this is not, this isn't your lung sot. This isn't any, like, this is crazy. <laughs> or um, what I did end up with was more like, I found this super fashionable little one. Yeah, that's cute. That's but there were only cute. two. Like, cause they're handmade and they're, you know, so you're either going with like giant, this ridiculousness or, um, you know, something that's so handcrafted, which like, I, I love handcrafted glass, but America Jane though, yeah. to be honest though, like I have both of those. <laughs> <laughs> I have like yeah, the day so one and then so right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a quintessential pot smoking mom devices. You got your your Mav beaker and then you got your cute little dainty part of our uh, part of our arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> um so but yeah, you see these like closed loop systems like this one. There's no way to get in there. You can't yeah. get in there to yeah. clean it all, you know? And so you've got to figure out a way to make it clean, replicable, and the glass has to be strong enough to be able to, you know, be. Um, yeah, I break my bond. I break all my pieces. I, I don't know how I do it. I just Well, do it. you know, here's a little pro tip because I'm working on a cleaning workbook. <laughs> Please um, share. I love these silicone bags. Um, for cleaning my glassware because they're so thick. And what's that's like so bendy? This is like a silicone little bag with a seal top. Oh, so okay. if you would take your glassware and put it inside while you're cleaning it, like you it to do oh. the soaking process, it's just very the you know, the silicone is thick and protecting it, yes. yeah. Yes. Why you and shake also, it around in there. Exactly. Because most people are like, and then they hit it on something, you know? Yeah. I've done um, that. But, uh, there's a lot of silicone cleaning products out there that are really great for cleaning your glassware safely. Oh, like, like that uh, baby bottle drying thing that kind of looks like grass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, perfect the thing. <laughs> to with, with your glassware. So it like holds it and cradles it and won't make it dirty. We reported about farmers market, the farmers market, and how amazing York, it would be. be the farmers markets for people to be able to go oh, and yeah, sell what a... they've grown, their own stuff. Okay, so that is so I do sell cannabis products in ten states, and one of the reasons I understand how unfair, unjust, like the way this has gone, the people that own the American cannabis industry—it's so uh, it should be illegal the way cannabis legalization has happened 
Um, but my, and so rare, I've in, in some states, it's a hundred percent publicly traded company or rich white dudes that own the whole thing. Like a hundred percent. There's no room for anyone. They only gave out 18 licenses. They're locked up forever. Um, or in Virginia, there's only like six. Um, there's a really limited amount. There was a limited amount in New York. Uh, I'm getting to the point, which is I'm so, um, hopeful after finding a true female owned business in New York. That is also like a large, it's a fit farm where they do educational programming all the time. And she also was able to get, you know, the hemp license that then could turn into the cannabis license and they outdoor grew like 20 awesome, 20%, 27% flower. And, um, nice. and yeah, so we, so because of all the bottlenecks in place in New York for getting dispensary, they're allowing you to just go to the farm. Like, cause they weren't sure how else to do it. Like you can't really transport it. So yeah. she is hosting events, uh, starting at the end of August, all weekend long, where you go to this farm and that is where you go to buy your weed. And so it's Amazing. like, it's an exciting like loophole that I'm sure will get crushed. Especially if it works. Oh but, my god! Um, but that yeah, yeah it was kind of like a band aid for now, and they're probably yeah. going to take it away. But I hope they don't because it that's that's amazing. That's the kind of access we need yes. to be able to have. And the way we buy anything else, you know, like straight from source, farm to table, farm local. to pipe. Yeah, plus <laughs> how, how nice it would be for you farm to just even. <laughs> <laughs> meet up with people Farm and 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 bring Herbal. and like bring yeah bring your own stash and everybody switches i have a friend out in canada that tells me how she and her friends get together and they each bring each other part their, of their grow their and they all yeah. share with each yeah. other and oh because so we all want diversity you know that's something that i think a lot of non-cannabis consumers don't understand is I want variety. Like in my dream world, it's available online and local people have their own businesses and I can be like, Oh, this just came up in, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Oh, look at what they're growing down in Puerto Rico. Oh, I want to get, you know, like you're, you're just ordering it online. These different harvests that come through. That's um, cannabis eBay. And I love what you said about this woman-owned farm that's outdoor grown as cannabis should be grown, like outside instead of under artificial lighting and stuff. I mean, obviously, indoor grow has always been great, but like the way really weed's supposed to be grown is out in nature. I totally agree. I completely agree. And I think that like it's a way more um, well-rounded experience uh, when you have cannabis that was grown with like the full ultraviolet light of the sun it's just different and i get the indoor thing but like a lot of the push toward indoor and the like attitude that like it's the only way to go has a lot to do with the og groups who had to do it in cement blocks because it was illegal and this is had to be indoor and so i get it and there's a lot of amazing techniques that you can do when you can control the light and all the other aspects, but the sun does a great job. And I really have found that like the flower, sun grown flower, like that's the stuff that I would smoke maybe a whole gram joint of. Cause it's just like well-rounded. God, what, what, what do they sell down here? That's, I mean, I, I don't think anything survives in the conditions out here. I don't think anything. Oh, no, no. Everything in here is indoor. Everything here is indoor. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, everything here is indoor. No. 
That's why you I wish I could like compare. They, they could do outdoor here, but I don't think it's allowed. Uh, it's not allowed, and um, and it would be very hard, and it would be uh like fair like and this is where it's like this is the same way it works with like everything grown for alcohol like there's a terroir i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but it's like the land and the atmosphere that makes the you know grapes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah the pacific northwest is amazing my initial partners in british columbia tantalus labs uh created sun lab which was completely off the grid greenhouse and their stuff was fire and it was just like rainwater fed um and wow. so yeah you do have to have the right environment but hey you know this is why we need to legalize everything because i think the environments in florida are great for some of the uh medicinal psychedelic plants that you know thrive along um the equator yeah We're someone growing tropical climate actually recently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody what'd you say no i i had a leak in my ceiling and it was so mushrooms were growing out mushrooms of it were growing so i was joking I mean, about that's, how that's exactly I what i mean yes <laughs> yes, yes. Natural. <laughs> yeah. All natural. They're medicine. gone now, thankfully. I feel like, uh, you know, I just pictures. You know, have you seen those those videos of how the mushrooms they communicate with one another with the spores and stuff? Uh huh. Yeah, they're all I could connected. Just imagine. Yeah, I know they all talk to one another. It's crazy. Yes, there's like clouds of the spores and they do the thing and the stuff and yeah, yeah there's so i've seen so many different kinds i mean like not consumable obviously but like we do have like a, a, such a humid yes. terrain that we, i've seen so many different kinds even just in my backyard of different mushrooms really wild looking ones yeah i mean that's really like that's like a good concept to like after you're done with your bracket project <laughs> we should start growing shrooms. What you should uh, definitely I would do love that. that. You should definitely do that. that. But you I should try to let's try to figure out which which upcoming psychedelic uh plant based medicine thrives in like eighty percent humidity and you know high temperatures. Which yeah, would man. thrive best here in Florida. Yeah. We do come to Colorado because it's like we're a mile high and so it's very arid. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's even oh, like, oh, October is my favorite time to go because it's kind of cool still. It's like you could see, we don't see the leaves change here. That's not a thing here. Yeah. No, no. You're gonna they're either dead or they're alive. It's no <laughs> here. So. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our interview with Jane West. Please follow her at Better With Jane on Instagram and visit her website, janewest.com. Yeah, there you can see all the beautiful pieces that she's designed. I love how she really takes the time in her designs to consider everything about the experience when you're when you're using a product like that. Yeah, and everything I I love her her designs are very clean. They're they're very clean. Pleasing. Yeah, and they're but they're very classy and elegant. And um yeah, we love her products. Hopefully we can link up with her out in Colorado in I October. I really hope so. That would be awesome. You know, and when we were talking to her, I couldn't believe that she when we were on TikTok there was that video that she was talking about. 
Oh, the other project. They were the pot smoking moms unapologetically getting high or something. Like right, that. pot smoking moms unapologetically getting high. We will drop the we'll drop the the video. Damn, we should have had a clip that we could clip of that video. But on TikTok, people we were, talk about that interview and people we talked about it. Yeah, people were tagging us in. I guess a clip that they had uploaded onto TikTok where mm-hmm. Connie Chung was with her in the house and was basically like. It was uncomfortable. She was like, oh, are you, you know, so you're saying it's okay to get higher, be high around your kids. And then she was like, well, I don't, what I want is people to not be asking that question. Like, that's an unnecessary thing to ask. Good time. We're going to, we're going to link up with her for sure when we're in Denver. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching the show. We appreciate you. And we want to give a special shout out to, you guessed it, our patrons. Yes, Destiny, thank you. Lauren, Christy, Denise, Peaches, Meredith, Natalie, Angelina, Jenny, Catherine, Jay, Jesse, Diane, Gabby, and Leslie. Leslie. Thank you guys. And you too. (laughs) Winding down at the end of the show. (laughs) A lot has happened this last couple of days. Hey, yep. you too can have your name read by us and enjoy all the fun. Become a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, Discord sessions, vacations, all kinds of stuff. Come on over to the smoky side. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share our content. Check out our website, possmokingmoms.com, and we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Hasta la vista.